CBS Radio, BSAM 680 or FM 98.5. You are here with a little bit of live and in real time radio this Monday night, uh, April 5th in the year 2021. Tom Kearney is uh, the host and purveyor of the program, and our guest tonight is Mr. Whit Tuttle, who is the director of uh, Visit North Carolina. And if you say, you, I don't know what Visit North Carolina is, well, that's why he's here. He's going to. He's, as Ricky Ricardo would say, he's going to explain it to you, and uh, that's what's coming <laughs> on. I, I was that made it wet. I got a good laugh out of that. Mr. Tuttle is a long-time friend of ours, and has visited us over the years to help us uh, keep up with with the tour, touring possibilities in the great state of North Carolina. I'm call myself a professional North Carolinian, and I have to admit that I think he probably is one too. Uh, because, if nothing else, the job that he has. Well, it's good to have you with us tonight. Oh, thanks, Tom. It's great to be back and great to be on. Uh, so we can use our time more efficiently, that is, that I won't babble on. Uh, one of the things that uh, we, we know is traveling about has been inhibited by the, by the virus, uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19, and... Uh, the situation of, uh, in terms of where you might visit and how you would get there and whether you'd be able to go in or not or whatever has differed over time. Generally, our governor has loosened things up recently, so maybe a good thing to do to uh, have people get a, the right uh, angle on, on traveling in North Carolina because that's one of the things I'm sure you want to promote tonight and being a professional North Carolinian, I want to promote where do we stand on, on the openness of things? Sure. Yeah, that, that's a great thing to talk about. You know, for the for the past year and almost a month, uh, even though we're the tourism promotion office, we haven't really done a lot of tourism promotion. Uh, we've done a lot of safety promotion, and uh, so we have we've been encouraging people to uh, when they're when whenever they're traveling, whether it's to for leisure or to go to the grocery store, or to go to work. We're encouraging them to, you know, to wear a mask, to wash their hands frequently, and to, you know, keep their social distance from everyone. Because what we really want is everybody to stay healthy, uh, get over this quickly without a lot of people getting sick, and then, and then be able to get back to, uh, to traveling all around the state. And okay. uh, I'm sorry. We really exclusively focus. We have a program called Count on Me NC. You can go to it at countonmenc.org um, that talks all about safety. It's got a safety pledge, and, and it actually includes businesses that have taken uh, courses in how to operate safely. So if people are still concerned, that's a great way to start uh, your planning for your trip for North Carolina is to go to countonmenc.org and figure that out. Um, but we're really fortunate in that the governor has uh, has as he said all along, he's been working the dimmer switch on, on what's open and what's closed. And it's, it's become a little bit more open now, particularly for people who have, uh, have gotten their vaccine. Um, so we're encouraged by that. Uh, restaurants are up to about uh, 75% occupancy, what they can do. Uh, professional venues are at 50% uh, where they can host people. We can get some live venues back open. And, uh, and we can get back, people back out traveling again. But the main thing we want people to do is to stay healthy. Well, well that's, that's interesting because we've got about as many live venues 
now as we've ever had, and, and I've been here the whole time, and uh, it, it, it's one realizes how much one misses that, and also how much oh, yeah. one misses the the opportunity to, uh, uh, since I'm an Eastern North Carolinian, to go to the beach or to, to go to the mountains or to go just anywhere to to uh, uh, have a little staycation, if nothing else. Exactly, and uh, and you know, you, we haven't been able to go to any of those. Those performances haven't happened. Uh, we've missed them. Uh, and we've lost out on a lot. So as soon as we can get back to them, that, that's the greatest thing. A lot of people have been getting outdoors, and that's really been a key uh, to, I think, for a lot of us to stay sane throughout this thing is to spend a little more time outdoors. So I'm, I'm happy to talk about outdoors. We started a new program called Outdoor NC, where we're working with the Leave No Trace uh, Oregon Foundation to, um, to help people uh, to be safe and also behave the right way when they go outdoors. Um, and also, you know, but as we were talking about live concert venues, we've lost a lot. But you know what's really good? We're going to have two Merle Fests coming up within six months. Um, so, you know, we've got to look on the bright side. And uh, even though we had, to, we had to miss a Merle Fest, now we're going to get one in the fall and then one again in 2022 in its usual springtime. So there's going to be some great events coming back, and we're really looking forward to them. Well, now, you've just given me my job to do here because what I do is preside over the program. You're the brains of the outfit, but there may, may be a lot of folks who don't know what a Merrill Fest is, and I'm glad to know that you're going uh, to do too, and I hope there will be some fiddlers' conventions and uh, things like that too, but Merrill Fest is a very special thing in North Carolina. Oh, exactly. It's, it's a great, great uh, concert, uh, uh, you know, originally started by Doc Watson and, and uh, started in 1988 in memory of his son, Merle, uh, and it gets great uh, Americana music. It's probably the largest uh, and one of the best outdoor Americana music festivals, I think, in the country. Um, it's held in Wilkesboro every year. Uh, it's all, uh, usually held in April. This year they're going to hold one they're gonna hold one September 16th through the 19th in 2021, and then they're going to hold it at its usual time for 2022 and get back on the regular schedule. And yeah, so many things have been been offset, and, and so on. Uh, uh, I, I, it's kind of hard to move the Azalea uh, Festival and so on because <laughs> that's when the flowers bloom. Uh, I used to look forward to the Azalea Festival. If I may drag another thing in here, because it always meant that the the Masters was not far behind it, because it was usually the place where the golfers tuned up for Augusta, and uh, and they don't. I think the golf tournament is not there anymore, but one of the things you may want to talk about sometime today, or at least mention in passing, is the, the number of golf courses along the coast. If you like to, to play golf, uh, you, you can find a place to play, I think. Oh, yeah, we've got more than 400 golf courses in North Carolina, just about everything. A lot of golf courses uh, designed by Donald Ross, you know, the, the greatest golf course designer, I think, ever. Uh, in fact, you can play on the course that he lived on, uh, which is really neat. There's a, a Donald Ross Golf Trail throughout the state. Um, golf has been a great, great thing to do during the pandemic uh, because you're outdoors and, and separated from, from most people. So uh, we've really seen a surge in requests for, for golf activities. We're also really, really excited because uh, in Pinehurst, the USGA is basically setting up a second headquarters. Uh, it's called its Golf House Pinehurst, uh, where they're going to have an innovation hub, an equipment testing facility, 
a museum and a visitor center uh, there year-round uh, for golf fans to go see. So not only can you play, but you can learn a lot about the game and the equipment and those kind of things. And they're also going to be bringing a U.S. Open to Pinehurst um, regularly from now into the future for the next, uh, I think, till there'll be 2029, 2035, 2041, 2047. So uh, we're going to have plenty of U.S. Opens coming for folks. Right, you mentioned Donald Ross. The, I think it's the number number, number two. I'm the, your footnote person. The number two course at uh, Pinehurst is is one of the ones that he designed and one that the U.S. Open has played on. And I think a couple of years ago they played both the men's and women's tournament there. Yes, first time ever they, they played the men's and the women's on the same course in back-to-back weeks. Uh, it was really a neat event, uh, great to see, great to see the women go out and challenge the course, uh, and then the guys come out a week later and do it. Really successful event. Um, and maybe they'll do those again, I'm not sure. I know they've, they've committed to doing the men's, open so we're excited about that several years ago and then we need to take a little break uh oh it was probably 20 years ago mrs kearney and i went to ireland and we were staying in a, a b&b and we ate breakfast with some actually they were irish people who were staying at a b&b because there weren't a lot of motels around and uh, hmm. they said they asked us where we were from and we said north carolina and they said well we know two things about north carolina one was the Andy Griffith show. Somehow they saw it on TV. And the other thing was they knew they played golf in North Carolina. Yeah, wow. Like right? the Scots, they're crazy about golf. Oh, yeah. Definitely. St. Andrews. And... Right. They'll play, build a golf course where we wouldn't even think about building one. And, of course, they. I was thinking if you had all those golf courses at the coast, you know, they used to call them the links because they would play yeah. Uh, laterally down the coast in in Scotland, you know, rather than inland, and and they've been linked from from one from one to uh, the another, right? From yeah. the one to another, and it would be nice to have a tournament along the North Carolina coast sometime where they would play, you know, maybe ten courses in a row uh, or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, that's a great thought. I will not copyright that idea, so you're welcome to it. you'll <laughs> <laughs> well, that at some point. You'll see it. Okay. Uh, uh, Wit Tuttle. Is our guest. He is the d- director of uh, Visit North Carolina, which is are the people, among other things, who put out the word about places to visit in North Carolina. And uh, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, there there are two or three things that you can uh, order up from from the website or by calling in. Uh, I like to get their travel guide each year and a map of North Carolina and keep it in the car. And it really comes in handy when I get lost. So maybe we'll ask him to tell us about that and about some other new things that are coming about in tourism in North Carolina right after this. PTF, Monday night, April 5th, 2021, with Tuttle, director of uh, uh, Visit North Carolina, the part of the state government, I guess you would say, that... Uh, is dedicated to telling us about what's going on in North Carolina and helping us, us visit. And I think we kind of uh, teased that we would give some directions when we came back to how you can get in touch. They have a great website, and uh, and, a, and and indeed the website is a good place that you can explore some of the possibilities of tourism and travel in North Carolina. But uh, I know for years I've, I've written in, and once in a while I 
can buttonhole with and say, would you please send me? And that's what I'm asking him to do tonight. But tell us how we can, can get to Visit North Carolina on the web and on the telephone with. Oh, yeah. So, so we're easy to get to. You can find all the information on the state at visitnc.com on your computer. Or you can call 1-800, what we like to say Visit NC, but the actual number is 1-800-847-4862. Eight hundred eight four seven four eight six two, and I will say that uh, you know we, we talked a bit about how uh, this COVID has changed travel in the state. Uh, just advice for people who are traveling: uh, before you go to a place uh, this year, I would recommend calling them to make sure their hours haven't changed, make sure they don't have certain restrictions that you don't know about. Uh, I would say don't just look on the website. What we found is that a lot of places haven't been updating their websites and the, the rules and the, um, the how people are handling the situation changes pretty quickly. So I always recommend call them before you go. Okay. Now, in terms of being open or not being open, um, I know some, some places are open in a restricted way, but they're still open. I mean, just like uh, the popular local... Uh, half mile, uh, Glenwood South, it's it's open but in a limited way, but it is in fact open. How would you say yeah. North Carolina's travel uh, sites that uh, usually draw a lot of people are doing? Or, I mean, if I wanted to go to, to the Biltmore House or uh, to the uh, someplace in the mountains, would, would it be likely oh, yeah. to be open and managed? Okay. I, would uh, say, I would say 90 to 95% of the places are open. Um, Many of them have have uh, certain things they've adapted, so they might require you to wear a mask. They might require, uh, you know, they might be limiting the number of people in. They might be doing only guided tours when they used to uh, not do or timed entry when they used to let you just come whenever you want. Um, most of the places are open. It's just sort of, uh, you know, they've tweaked what's going on. Uh, there are a few places such as I know the um, the, the Carolina Basketball Museum on the campus of UNC has not been open um, because because of COVID, a lot of the campuses uh, is shut down and they're uh, trying to keep some people from being there. And there's been some, most of the live performance venues have been closed simply because of the, the gathering limits uh, were too low for them to be able to operate. Now, hopefully most of them are opening up now that this, that has changed, uh, but it's changed so recently, uh, I would really recommend that you know you, you call ahead. Uh, I'm thinking that some place that I might like to go is an urban situation, and I can think of two that I know have have grown and attract people, much as downtown Raleigh has attracted people in Clinwood South. But but Winston Salem has redone its downtown and, and has made it a, a destination that people want to go. Or places like that, and, and Asheville is another place with with its uh, breweries and and. and uh, uh, eateries downtown in Nashville. It's a place that people might it, it, have. They accommodated uh, people by letting them eat outside and stuff like that. Oh, exactly. Uh, Winston Salem. It's amazing what's going on there. It's just such a fun little downtown to walk around in. Uh, you know, they have a lot of car shows. There are breweries. Uh, there's barbecue joints. There's outdoor dining. Uh, they'll block off the streets a lot and have festivals. Uh, really great scene going on in, in Winston. It really is a, is a lot of fun. Um, neat thing too, the uh, the old uh, R.J. Reynolds building.
Cardinal Hotel. Um, so you can actually stay there um, in the in the old building that R.J. Reynolds Company ran the corporate headquarters for, for years and years. And it's actually a, a perfect replica of the Empire State Building, just about 80 stories shorter. You know, I didn't know that for a long time, but uh, we were driving through Winston, and my wife pointed that out to me, and I lived in Winston. For, I went to Wake Forest, so I went to live there for five years and never realized that it is. it was kind of a... Uh, mock-up or a practice for the Empire yeah. State Building, I think. It's yeah, exactly. It's the same architect, same design. They built ours first uh, in in Green in Winston, uh, and then went and built the built the Empire State Building. And in fact, I think on the on the 50th anniversary of the of the building's opening, um, the folks from the Empire State Building sent them a, a birthday card that said, basically, you know, thanks, Dad, uh, happy birthday. <laughs> Well, you know, Winston-Salem is a place that it's really very art. I, I had Wayne Martin on recently, and you probably know him, the Arts Council. Yeah. And he said Winston was the first town to have an Arts Council in North Carolina, and that's the kind mm -hmm. of place it is. And it's an uptown up, 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 up kind of place. And, of course, uh, there was a lot of money. There still is a lot of money, as a matter of fact. And uh, uh, and it's just a really interesting place to to to, to go. And uh, and we we were both calling it Winston when it is actually calls itself. And I'm not saying we should change, but the Salem part of it is a very interesting part of going to Winston Salem. I mean the Moravians and the the graveyard and those, those kinds of things. So this oh, uh, exactly there. the, the St. Philip's Church and uh, all that. The history there in uh, Old Salem is is amazing. Um, it really is. Uh, a spectacular place. And you're right. You know, I think they've done a great job planning it out and thinking, you know, that kind of stuff just doesn't happen accidentally. Uh, you got to give a lot of credit to the, uh, to the folks in Winston-Salem for, for making the place so great. And uh, we've got about a minute before we need to take a break, but can I, I try to take you, I'm dragging you up to Asheville now. No, I'm not dragging you. We're going <laughs> up to Asheville. Uh, I mentioned the Billmore House, and, and I've uh, they have these ads on TV that just make me want to go there, and not even go in the building, just go in the gardens. But the other place, there's a more, there's another house in Winston, in in Asheville that one should go to, and that is the Thomas Wolfe House. If you if you're a reader of American literature, oh, Thomas yeah. Wolfe, of course, is a is a great figure. And I was looking for his gravesite once in the in the Riverside Cemetery there, and found out not only is he buried there, but O. Henry, the the great yeah. writer who came from Greensboro. Is buried there also, so it's a uh, it's uh, a really and it is a beautiful cemetery and a great place to go for a walk. Uh, oh, it is. A nice it's right. Hike. It's not very far. It's called Riverside. Probably it's not very far from the I think the French Broad River, and that is what yep. the name of the river is. We need to take a break here, so uh, catch your breath, and we'll come right back to this area and and, and move on some more. Uh, Tom Kearney, show on WPTF. Whit Tuttle is our guest. We'll be back. Tonight is 9.33, and this is the point of the show where we usually take about 30 or 45 seconds and promo what's coming up. Tomorrow night, Ed Morris, who's the director of the Wake Forest Historical Museum in the town of Wake Forest, but which that museum includes not only the town of Wake Forest, but the school of Wake Forest, i.e. Wake Forest University, which for many years was located in Wake Forest, but now is located in the town that we were talking about before we went to the break, Winston-Salem. And uh, Ed will be here tomorrow to talk about town and gown. 
and uh, that will be a good program. Uh, let's see, Nostalgia Night will be uh, uh, Wednesday night. That's the night when we choose some subject to, to reflect on and uh, have open phones so we can involve the audience. And you will be welcome and, and, and in fact, encouraged to join us. And uh, a man named Robert Payne uh, is going to talk about the Gasseteer of the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Well, that's a book that you might be interested in, as a matter of fact. It's, yeah, that sounds interesting. Uh, it's published by the UNC Press, and it, 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 it's kind of like the Gasseteer of North Carolina generally uh, that uh, Mike Hill edited. That uh, tells you why every town is called what it's called, except it's for the Outer Banks and includes towns and, and uh, physical features and things like that. And so uh, it, it's brand new, and it's just, just kind of hot off the press. So we're going to have uh, Mr. Payne on with us on Thursday night. So if you're if you're driving home or something between 9 and 10, it will be good if you could tune in. I'd get that my listeners wherever I can. <laughs> yeah. We, we invite them wherever I can. We were talking about about Asheville and, uh, and that, and uh, them. I've taken you away from your program. Do you have somewhere you'd like to go now and talk about something new and inviting? Oh, well, I was fine talking about Asheville. You know, they've also uh, reopened their new at the Asheville Art Museum, uh, done a complete renovation on that. So if you haven't been there, it's a great thing to see. Um, they also have a new uh, Leaf Global Art Center and a Noir Collective AVL, which is a retail space for black entrepreneurs. Uh, really excited about that. Uh, we can keep talking about the mountains. Uh, you know, the Nana Hill Outdoor Center uh, out in western North Carolina is celebrating its 50th year. That's the largest outfitter in the country. Uh, so for people that want to get away, want to get out, you know, maybe try some whitewater rafting, hiking on the Appalachian Trail. Uh, they, they offer about 120 different uh, river and land-based itineraries. Uh, they're right there on the Nantahala River in Bryson City. You know something have you been that I city lately? No, but you know you have to be careful, and this is good for people who are not native North Carolinians and say live in the Triangle. And when you start talking about Western North Carolina, that means a whole lot of things. And that, <laughs> and that you, I used to think Asheville was Western North Carolina, and I went to visit a friend up there who lived in uh, Waynesville, and yeah. I saw a sign that said Bryson City, 108 miles, and it just simply proved that. I wasn't quite there yet, so to speak. And then That's further right. and further, there's Andrews about halfway to some parts of Western <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And one of the things that's nice about Asheville is it has, I think, I've, I, I had a, a, a author of a cookbook on about the chefs, chefs, people who cook, I'm not saying the word right, who have come to North Carolina to find a, a, a place to, to practice their trade and, you know, have been leaving urban areas, say, for instance, in the north and midwest. And, and we're becoming a little bit like France in that you find some of the best restaurants and some of the best meals in tiny little places where it's the cook that draws the people to the place. And uh, and uh, so, uh, and I think oh, yeah. there was a book about this, and there uh, is uh, a book about the music of the of the, the uh uh, kind of bluegrass music uh, that UNC Press has published so that you can sit in your car and, and decide which radio station you want to listen to while you're going to Merrillfest, for instance, or to uh, some other uh, fillers convention or whatever, someplace that people are, are just uh, 
playing, you know, kind of Andy Andy Griffith kind of music. Uh, yeah, that's a great way. idea. Yeah, get and, in the uh, mood on the way. And something we've missed. I'm, I'm you're gonna smack me on the nose here in a minute, but I just keep thinking of because I've been sitting here thinking about this all day today. Uh, the Blue Ridge Parkway. It's just there, running right through the middle of this, and you can go along it and get those beautiful uh, overlooks and so on, and at the same time, get off at one place or another and, and visit some of the, the, the local businesses or the local entertainment. Oh, exactly. The, the Blue Ridge Parkway has the most visited asset in the entire National Park Service um, catalog for the country, and it's just a, a great trip. And particularly now, you know, with everything that's going on, you can basically make a drive and stay in your car most of the time, see some of the most spectacular scenery uh, in the entire U.S., uh, get a great meal, eat some barbecue, uh, listen to some old-time music. Uh, you can do just about anything off the parkway. And we're really excited that the parkway uh, is getting some federal funding to do some renovations uh, to help make those overlooks even uh, even more sparkly and the facility is even better the next time people go out there. I was watching a TV program in the morning the other day, I eat, drinking my morning coffee. I think it was Kelly and Ryan, which is, if you're, if you're retired, you get to watch programs like that. But they were talking <laughs> about uh, the Great Smoky Mountains, some, with some guests, about the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And I got a little irritated, and you were the person to tell about this. They said it was in Tennessee, and some of yeah. it may be in Tennessee, but... <laughs> Right, much of it is in North Carolina, in fact, uh, and I think it's the most visited national park in the whole United States. Yep, the most visited park unit, yeah, or the most visited park. Uh, and it is, you know, it's funny, there's there's actually more land area in North Carolina of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park than there is in Tennessee, but the big entrance is in, on the Tennessee side and the and the park headquarters is on the tennis is in the Tennessee oh, side. Okay, now I understand. So I, yeah, that drives me crazy too. People will say it's it's a Tennessee park and I'm like, No, it's not and and some of the most beautiful scenery there I think is on our side. But I'm by well, where it's less developed and so on. Uh, exactly. I can remember exactly. Mrs. Kearney and I getting I think it's four forty one that runs US four forty one that runs through through the National yep. Park. That is not the way most people go through the mountains, but that is the way you would go through through the Great Smokies National Park. And so, but I wanted to say that tonight. I would save that one up because I, I was like you. I was yelling at the TV. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, I do that a lot. I do that a lot. And it is. That's an incredible drive. That 441. Uh, you can go out to Cherokee, North Carolina, and see a lot of that heritage out there. The 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 uh, origin of the Cherokee people, uh, the villages out there, and the town of Cherokee, big casino as well, um, lots of great stuff out on, on that drive. But it's just an incredible drive out there, see the history and the scenery. Well, you know, all we have to do is come back eastward. And, and again, I don't let me take the program totally, you know, my stuff, because I, I just like to talk about stuff from North Carolina. But something that's interesting to me uh is the development of Tryon, North Carolina? I believe yeah. it's in North Carolina, and the, the horses and the and the training and the stuff that's going on there. Uh, uh, I stumbled on it uh, several years ago by taking a wrong turn and taking I twenty six further into South Carolina than I wanted to go, if you know what I mean. So in coming back, I came through Tryon and discovered that it was there. I mean, I'd seen it on the map, but I didn't know about all the 
I think they have dressage, equestrian arts, and all kinds of stuff. That it, that people. it is remarkable, and and with events and programming, uh, uh, just about three quarters of the year long. Uh, and and so what happened was, you know, the, there's a huge equestrian uh, center in in Wellington and Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, and the owner of that decided that he wanted to, it's too hot to do it in the middle of the summer um, down there. Uh, so he wanted a place where, where he could do uh, some more seasonal events, have a longer season. So he built uh, this amazing, uh, it's a Tryon International Equestrian Center up there. Uh, and, and one of the things he really wanted is, you know, it's, it's a real high dollar event uh, in Palm Beach, but he wanted this to be open and accessible to the general public. So a lot of their events are free. Uh, you can go out there and, and watch these really amazing, beautiful horses in a beautiful facility. Uh, they've even got a little carousel for the kids, some restaurants, uh, and it's just really a, a great time to be had. And, and you would have no idea it was there, like you said, unless you, you were looking for it. Yeah, I would say for our listeners who might want to take a, a jog up there, it's probably about, I'm guessing here, 75 miles west of Charlotte, right on, almost right on the, the line between North, North and South Carolina. And something else that's located there that I have discovered is the house that Nina Simone was born in yes. and grew up in. She's getting some recognition these days after all. Oh, exactly. And there's a great uh, statue dedicated to her in Tryon. And uh, they're going to make that house into an exhibit. Uh, so we're really excited they were able to buy and preserve that. Uh, and I believe at some point it's going to be part of, there's a new North Carolina Civil Rights Trail uh, that's oh. going to come out. So uh, it'll, it'll, I'm sure at some point it'll be part of that as well. Speaking of trails, uh, am, I, uh, am I doing all right? Am I going the wrong way for you? I let, no, I love speaking of trail. Okay, okay. Well, you are, you're good at following my trail, you know, I'm, and... and uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, I, I tried to prepare some today, and I saw one trail mentioned, but I saw one that wasn't mentioned, and I'm going to bring it up. You mentioned the Civil Rights Trail, which is a good thing to happen. Um, a trail that uh, was mentioned is the Civil War Trail now. It, it, that some of the Civil War stuff is up in the air now, but it, it still allows you to visit uh, not a whole lot of the Civil War battles and stuff took place in North Carolina, but there was was a lot of activity, for instance, in the western part of the state. Most of western oh, yeah. North Carolina actually didn't secede from the Union. and so. But there's another trail that I think you used to have in your guidebook, and that was the Barbecue Trail. And I, Oh, that's one of my favorite trails right there. <laughs> right, well, I, I don't know if I, we, we talked about it before, but Wilbur, uh, Wilbur's Barbecue in Gulfsboro died yesterday, and so but the barbecue place is, is reopened, and it is it was on the trail. It's one of those places where the barbecue is cooked over wood, and and you have yeah. the Eastern North Carolina brand of barbecue, and then you have the Western, or I guess sometimes they call it the Lexington style barbecue. Uh, exactly, and so this trail features both. It's by the North Carolina Barbecue Society. Uh, you have to have been, been in business for 20 years. You have to cook on wood, uh, and you have to have you have to taste good. <laughs> those, those are the three requirements. And uh, yeah, that was uh, sad to hear about Wilbur. We've lost a lot of our uh, our classic uh, pitmasters, and just as as time goes by. But uh, you know, there's also a lot of great young people uh, getting into that now and creating uh, really exciting new uh, barbecue uh, as well. Well, it's something that you, 
used to just go and eat the barbecue, and now it, it turns up in the newspaper. You just used that term pitmaster, and there was an article in the News and Disturber recently about that, and, and, it, and it happens. It's it's kind of a hot item right now, and, and of course, the, the, the kind of barbecue cooked mostly east of 95 is, is it, it's, it's the kind of unique for, there's no sauce, you know. It's, it's different yeah. from Kansas City or Texas or something like that, so. Right, and in, in North Carolina, it's about the meat as much as it is about the sauce. And, uh, exactly. and I think, you know, those, those guys were looked down on for a long time, and uh, now there's a real appreciation for, for how hard that is to do and how hard it is to do it, do it really well. If you get, if they get the balance right, just a little vinegar and a little pepper, and that's it. And, uh, and it's whole hog to everything, you know. You end up with, I, I grew up on this, so I just, I'll, I'll end up rhapsodizing here in a moment, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, two uh, two dinosaurs that, that died together. 
Um, I think that's really neat. And the Golden Mummies of Egypt coming to the NC Museum of Art, two exhibits we're really excited to see uh, in good old Raleigh. Well, you know, I, I, Mrs. Kearney and I sometimes talk about this. We can get to the Science Museum and the Art Museum. It, it takes us longer to get to the Art Museum. It takes us almost 15 minutes to get there. And <laughs> you get the, the point of this. There's just a lot of wonderful stuff, and it's not very far away. So if no, you to be no. local, yeah. uh, it's, it, it's really good. And we're, we've got all those venues that are going to be reopening in part that bring us music uh, and the restaurants that have survived are going to come back, and I guess the Bluegrass Festival will return in September, I guess it is. So. Oh, yes, exactly. So a lot going to be happening coming up in Raleigh uh, for everybody to get out and, uh, and enjoy again. Well, I can remember I was uh, helping a friend of mine move back to Raleigh from the Midwest one time, and the girl next door in his apartment out in North Raleigh was moving to Hotlander, if you know where that is. And wow. I said, well, why are you moving? She said, well, there's nothing going on around here. And I thought, well, okay. But she missed it, I think. She left too soon. Yep. And so there is a lot of stuff going on. So if uh, folks want to get a travel guide or to get in touch with you for, to get a map and then, or, or with other questions, I'm sure, they can call Visit North Carolina or they can go to their website, which is visitnorthcarolina.com. Is that right? That's right. Or they can just call 1-800-847-4862. Either way, uh, we'll get right back to you. We've got operators standing by, as they say, uh, most of the time, and uh, and happy to, to help anybody. Or you can uh, mail us a postcard to 150 Fayetteville Street, Suite 1200, Raleigh. And I, I regularly have done that in the past. I'm just just want to point that out to anyone that it, it makes a good good way to plan what you're doing. Thank you so much for being with us tonight, and I may talk to you again here in a couple of minutes. Whit Tuttle is the director of Visit North Carolina, the people that tell you where to go in the old North State for a vacation or staycation. <laughs> 